Well, hello and good afternoon. Welcome to Monday Main Point. This is uh, uh, Monday, July 19th, 2021. And uh, I'm Jonathan Hendrickson, Associate Pastor here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church. And joined with the rest of the pastoral staff, Jeremiah Custer is our youth pastor, Blake Flincham, our children's pastor, and our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy. So glad that we can be with you this morning afternoon i'm used to saying morning and it really is it's like we're recording this later than we normally do and so that's throwing me off uh, but we're glad that we're here with you on this day there we go that is today so um uh what we do here on money main point is we look back over the the sunday morning message the sunday morning sermon and kind of dig a little bit deeper into that and this past sunday was really cool because um we were able to uh hear from our kids um, all uh, that went to kids camp, and I, Blake, you took those kids to camp. I, uh, what are the ages? What's the what's the youngest kid you took, and the oldest kid you took? So the youngest kid I took, I think, just completed second grade, and the oldest kid I took just completed, I'm going to say, fourth grade. So, so second, third, fourth graders. Yeah, I yeah. it eligible up through completion of sixth grade. Cool. So. So, um, so yeah, so we got to hear from some of those kids. It was really cool. I thought I thought it was neat that that. Um, actually, they, he probably had more success in getting kids to talk than we have had getting the youth to talk after after camp. But it was really neat uh, to hear from them, to hear the things that they they enjoyed about camp. Um, sounds like they all really like this idea of organized mass chaos, uh, whatever. Hey, I enjoyed that too. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Who doesn't love a little organized mass chaos? Oh, we're yeah. all pastors. We. We live for organized masculinity. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, it sounds like they had a good time there. But then what was really cool was um, when you asked them to say, you know, the one thing that they learned, like they, they learned about God or the one thing they learned about Jesus. And so many of them, I, you know, they could have said the same thing. I learned that Jesus loves me or something like that. But yeah. we heard such a variety of answers, and uh, some of the kids really had some good insights. So. Yeah, I was super proud of them because they, uh, like, and because a lot of times, like, when, the youth get up there they might say like the exact same thing and in all honesty I was expecting the kids to do the exact same thing too but they gave a great variety from like you know wanting other people to be children of God to learning to walk as Jesus walked and uh, one kid over video even says she learned what the gospel was I'm like alright you know yeah. the challenge completed you know that's yeah. exactly what we're there for so it was a I, I think it was really rewarding for the church to see yesterday. No, it was. It was. Yeah. It really was. I, I, I enjoyed it. And um, and then I enjoyed the message, too. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the message. And I, I'm guessing that you, you largely pulled this idea from, because um, well, the, the title is, did you give a title? I yeah. Discovering Jesus. Yeah. Was so it the, Discovering Jesus? Yeah, Discovering okay. Jesus. I, I was yeah. looking for the title here on the on the presentation. I couldn't find it. So, yeah, Discovering Jesus, because the, the theme of the camp was the discovery. Yes, right? it was. And I think their their camp theme verse was 1 John 2, 6, and I think that was your verse that you used yeah, as well. So we'll just look at that real quick. So the theme verse for the camp and theme verse for yesterday's message comes from God. Uh, I don't want to say the Gospel of John, but John's epistle, 1 John, uh, chapter 2, verse 6, where it says, The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. And, of course, the he there and the him is Jesus. And so, um, you know, I think you had two two main points that you were trying to hit on yesterday in a kind of a shorter sermon. Right. Um, but the main idea of the message being that discovering Jesus means living like Jesus. And, of course, 
you can't do that unless and unless you abide in him which is the first part of that verse and the one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked and so you you have to abide in him you have to um we use that word abide i, I wonder i wonder if that word means the same thing to other people as as it does to if that's a churchianity word jeff like yeah. when we say abide well i mean when you look at the strongs uh if it would say like joel mm-hmm. uh you know, to pitch your tent, to be like, you know, but even when to you be say, staying with someone. Right, but even when you say dwell or abide, um, we automatically... Basically means lives. Yeah, right, but, but like we automatically think, um, or I think of like you said pitch a tent, right? I, I, like pitching your tent or, or building your home or whatever. Um, I think of, of living, in, uh, living in a dwelling, right? When you say abide, um, you're, you're talking about living in this particular dwelling. Uh, staying with someone. Yeah, like if I came over to your home this weekend, I, I would abide with you and your family, you know, during the weekend. Right. I've stayed at your house and you brought me in. And so we basically, you know, shared a whole weekend together. So, so right. technically, when you invite Jesus into your life, your heart, then you abide in him by, by hanging out with him and staying with him. But it's not just a temporary it's something that's going to be eternal. Yeah, I'm just. I guess. I guess what I'm getting at there is is we use language like that. We use language about dwelling and, and living and stuff. But then I can't actually go and live in Jesus's house. I can't. You know, I can't go in and uh, in, into in, into his home and hang out with him and have dinner with him. Um, so what is it? What does that really mean? What does it mean to a to abide or to to? It's obviously important. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, like you said, if you're gonna discover him, if you're really gonna know him, you've got to abide in him. So what does what does that even mean? Yeah, I think uh, you might have used this word in the sermon, but I think maybe the best synonym, like for contemporary culture, would be like uh, identify yeah. or identity. Mm. So I find my identity in him, and that's a word that is obviously overused in our culture. But sure, sure. That that's a good point. So when you say that you're abiding in Him, you you're saying that you find your identity in Him. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's expand on that a little bit because you're right. That word's used a lot in our culture, and it can mean a lot. So what does it mean to have your identity in Jesus? Yeah. And so um, what we basically mean when we say that our identity is in Jesus is first we accept Jesus. We say that He is who He says He is. Right, and, so we accept the things that he taught. Right, we accept about himself and the thing. Okay. Yeah, and we we obviously say that he is a good teacher, but because he is a good teacher, we live according to his teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Google definition for abide is to like act in accordance with, and that's what I really loved about mm-hmm. that is if we act in accordance with Jesus, kind of like mirroring, mirroring mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, that's the word he used. Yeah. Um, and so we should reflect Jesus. We should do the things Jesus did and try to be more like him. You know, he was loving. We should be loving. You know, he cared for people who might not have been cared for. We go out and care for people who might not be cared for as much. Just uh, becoming more and more like Jesus. Is right. But yeah. but even that, we want to be careful there because I, we wouldn't want to say that, that abiding in him is living like he lived. Because then we're going to turn into, uh, uh, you know, we're going to have a legalistic argument for salvation. We don't right. want that, right? Yeah. So, so um, again, I'm just kind of getting, trying abiding, to get to the heart. Yeah, the of, abiding, he brought up the cross-reference with John's gospel about Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. 
Yeah. And so the abiding then is as long as I'm attached to Jesus, I'm drawing my my life source from him, uh-huh. then I can be productive and live a godly life and produce fruit. Right. If I'm detached from the vine, then I don't have the life-giving nutrients and his life force in me, and I don't have that now, so I'm going to weather up and die. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do it without him, and that's what abiding right. fully means is that you actually do live with him, but he lives in you and with you. I think I preached about that a couple of weeks yep. ago, that right. he's with you and in you, like right. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's just, you know, I guess I think to myself, we use these terms, as theologians, we use these terms loosely all the time. We know yeah. what we mean when we say them, yeah. but I wonder how many people who are unchurched or uneducated in theology really understand what we mean when we yeah, say I mean, we don't things. use abide in our normal English language. Either. No, mm-hmm. no. And I think that's why I, I do like the idea of your identity, that you that you find your, um, who you are is in him, yeah. right? You, you're defined by... Uh, what your identity is is what you're, how you're defined by, what defines you, what... And uh, that's why the pop the song right now is super popular. Who you say I am, right? Because it's about it's not it's not about like what I tried to identify or what I think identifies me. Like, uh, am I short? Am I fat? Uh, am I rich? That's how our culture tries to ad- identify uh, people. But it's all about who Jesus says I am, and and your your relationship with Jesus then defines who you are. And I think that's what that's that. Uh, action is secondary to what right. I find so, you. So one of the things that I really liked that you said yesterday, I thought it was an excellent illustration. Um, I, the the I, the who was it? it? Was it Stott or was it somebody else that had the quote about if you're going to be an expert in Jesus, you have to you have to be in Jesus or something like that? Yeah, it was John Stott who says uh, we cannot claim to abide in him unless we are like him okay we cannot claim to abide in him unless we are like him okay so so uh and and the thing that you brought up was the whole man versus wild thing you can't you can't claim to be an expert in the wilderness if you never are in the wilderness correct you 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 know um the your experience would say well you can't really be an expert unless you were there and you know there's there's people right now who are saying you can't claim certain things unless you've experienced certain things i mean and in in some ways that's what we say as christians as well you can't claim to know jesus unless you've experienced Mm -hmm. him on some level right you can talk about him you can um you can say lots of things about the bible you can say lots of things about theology I think there are theologians who aren't Christians, for instance, yes. right? But but to be a Christian and just call yourself a Christian, you have to you have to have experienced Christ or have your identity in Christ. Absolutely. Does that, does that make sense? I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. So uh, yeah, you're right, Jeff. You 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 hit on um, when I when I first heard or when I was reflecting on the points. In fact, I did this during my my prayer right before you came up to preach and I realized afterwards when I sat down I didn't know you were going to use those verses I hadn't looked ahead to see oh, what wow. verses you yeah, were yeah. using and so in my prayer you know I'm thinking about what does it mean to abide in Jesus and and I'm automatically drawn to the vine of the branches and I'm using mm-hmm. that as an illustration of the prayer 
And then I sit down and realize, oh, oh, okay, he's using those verses. He don't think I stole from his message for this <laughs> prayer, you know. But but I just I didn't even know. Right, and, right. and so it was cool. Cause I think I, I think for us as 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 students of the Bible, probably there's no better passage that gets to the heart of what it means to be in Jesus than the one you quoted a minute ago, John 15, right? right. John 15 is it, where he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, that, you know, and, and my father is the vineyard keeper. I mean, you went through all that yesterday, but I think I think that's really, I think that's that's a key passage to understanding what we're trying to yeah, puzzle I, through here. I don't know how you could preach on abiding in Jesus and not mention those verses, to be <laughs> not honest. Not them I mean, at all. Because we're like, we would say John 3.16 is probably like the main like salvation verse or what we would point to. John 15, the first eight verses, is definitely the main passage for what it means to abide in Jesus. Right, and, and I think uh, it's the HCSB translation, the one you used yesterday, that they actually translate that word abide to remain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they use remain, so yeah. remain in me. So you stay. Yeah, so it's this idea of if, if I'm going to remain somewhere, if you, you know, if Jeremiah, you tell me to, you know, you remain right here, I'll be back in like three hours, but you remain here. Well, that that's assuming that I'm going to stay right where I'm at. Like, I'm not going to leave and then come back because that's not remaining. Remaining is is uh, holding one's position for, for a prolonged period of time, right? Until until told to do otherwise. And so if if we hear Jesus say, remain in me and I in you, the idea there is it's an ongoing process. It's an ongoing command, right? Does that make sense, Jay? Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> well, he's the he's the professional horticulturist right now. He works at the garden. That's center, true. So you can help us out with this vine uh, branches fruit analogy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there with the analogy, I guess, but I don't need to get bogged down in uh, <laughs> details. No, I mean, we could actually dig a lot deeper into this passage because I think um, what is it? Uh, I know that passage. It, it literally says the word abide, like. Ten times, yes. yeah. The 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 uh, John fifteen one, yeah. The one I like to talk about for identity is um, new creation. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think that's an that's because it talks about reconciliation a bunch. It talks about being in. What does it mean to be in Jesus mm-hmm. in Him? Because mm-hmm. uh, that's there's the whole abide thing, right? And then there's also the in Him. Right. Like it's not just abiding, but it's abiding in Him. What does it mean to be in Jesus? Or like uh, through him or in him, we have redemption through his blood. Like what does it mean to be in Jesus? Right. And I think if you miss that part, you end up with legalism, with, with even the theme verse for the week. Yeah. If you miss the abiding in him, That's remaining in him, yeah. staying with him, your identity is found in him, all those things, then you miss that we're supposed to also act like him, which is the next part. Right, and, and I think that's so important. One, one of the things that I, I um, uh, that I, 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 I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that yesterday you're you're talking about this. I mean, like I said, you make the awesome Bear Grylls analogy. You know, man versus wild. You can't be an expert in the wilderness if you're never in the wilderness right. to begin yeah. with. So you have to have a relationship with Jesus. But once you have that relationship with Jesus. What does it then look like if you are remaining in him? Not that that this is how you remain in him. So like those four things that you mentioned yesterday, right. four like ways. four ways to remain in Jesus, which is stay, you know, stay in the word, stay in prayer, seek the kingdom and share Christ. Okay, those are four awesome behaviors. Those are things that we should be doing 
if we're staying in Jesus. What we don't want to get confused is that these are things that we need to do in order to be in Jesus to begin with. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I think the I think the clarification is really important there. Absolutely, and um, and I tried to clarify yesterday. It's like you don't do this like it shouldn't be like a like an obligation, or you shouldn't feel like a it shouldn't feel like a like a checklist or anything like that. But right. Because you want to, and like because God is so good, because Jesus died for my sins and rose again, because of Him. I want to go out and do this. And like, because it's cause and effect. Because he's so great, yeah, I want to do the things because I love him. Right. In response to the gospel. Right. And yeah. then I think I think there also are, these, these four things are good ways, they're good, um, uh, a good check um, on myself to say, okay, is what I'm doing with my, my everyday life, my actions, does that look like Jesus? Does it really look like him? Because, um, you know, I, I don't want to just say, okay, well, I've got this relationship with Jesus. I'm good now. Well, I should, my life should continue to look like him. And these things here are things that, honestly, you should look at and go, okay, are these things I'm doing? Because I think they are things that Jesus instructed us to do. Like, you know, first off, staying in the word, right? And how important it is to do that. Um, again, not so that we can be in Jesus, but so that this is something that we should be doing once we are in Jesus. Right, because we are in Jesus, we do this stuff. Right, right. And I, I guess to use your man versus wild analogy again, because um, I just really like that analogy. <laughs> uh, but, but like you know, um, you know, you to, uh, uh, you you can't you can't do those things unless you're actually in the wilderness. But you also wouldn't say. Um, that, uh, you know, knowing how to filter water, for instance, right? Filtering water makes me then an expert in the wilderness. Well, no, I'm, I'm an expert in the wilderness and from being, and knowing how to filter water properly is, is something I should know if I'm in, if I am an expert in the wilderness. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's, or starting a fire, right? Yeah. Just because I can start a fire doesn't make me an expert in the wilderness, but it's a quality that an expert in the wilderness will have. So staying in the Word doesn't make me a Christian, but as a Christian, I should have a desire to stay in the Word. Absolutely. Does that make... I, 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 yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of like, um, say, to use the wild things. Let's say, for example, like you're foraging for food. Well, you better had studied before you, you got out there the different plants and the... What's poisonous? What's non-poisonous? What's mm. edible? What's not edible? What right. can get you sick? And then, if you've done your homework, then you go out and you identify the plants and you 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 get the ones that, that yeah that aren't going to kill you. Um, but if you just go out there without any any type of way of learning and studying, and just grab up anything you find and start eating it, then you know you could probably poison yourself. Yeah, no, I get, that, that happened to that guy. There was a guy that. Um, went on a hike, and they had did a whole movie about him. He stayed in this bus in Alaska. Oh Can't yeah, remember yeah. The name of it, but he wound up eating. It's called some, Into the Wild, I think. Yeah, and he wound up eating some. Well, I don't want to give it away, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't do his homework on the on the right things to eat. It was but he had a book, but he he uh, misidentified. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So yeah, so it is important. It is important to know the instructions, and the way we know the instructions, obviously, staying in God's word. Yeah. And, and you pointed that out. Also, we need to stay in prayer. I agree with I, I agree with that. I think these are things that you know um, that 
you know, we, we might neglect and, and, and to our own detriment if we, if we neglect these things. Um, you know, seeking the kingdom, um, that's obviously important. And well, Although, here again, that's a term we use a lot, yeah. right? Seek the kingdom. God, Jesus says, seek my kingdom first. Okay, what does that even mean, Jeremiah? What does it mean to seek the kingdom? Like, I, 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 does it, I mean, I'm actually, I can't physically look for the kingdom. So mm-hmm. what, am I, what am I doing? Uh, I think probably the best way to to describe that is like we're all seeking for something and it's basically what's priority one. Mm-hmm. Whatever you make priority one, that's what you're seeking. If it's success, then you're seeking success, right? But priority one for us is the kingdom, right? And being kingdom citizens and and advancing the kingdom rather than advancing myself or even my family or some ideology. It's all about advancing the kingdom, making that priority one. So what is the kingdom? What, what do we mean when we say the kingdom? Yeah, kingdom, uh, that's a good question because it basically encompasses everything that... Yeah. It, it, the kingdom is basically all of Christianity, right? Like advancing... When I say advance the kingdom, I mean advance Jesus' name because you advanced by advancing the kingdom you're advancing the king right and really when you advance the king the kingdom advances so it's kind of one and the same it's not just uh, I mean really we promote a king and then the kingdom advances by the promotion of the king Hmm. Uh, so it encompasses all of Christianity it's kind of a catch all word for what I mean by gospel advancement uh, honoring Christ uh, making his name famous all those things right it's funny. I mean, we, we talk about the kingdom a lot, right? And then people might think that we're talking about trying to, you know, okay, well, um, there are parts of the Middle East that we still have to win over, and we have to conquer conquer the Middle East and, and make the Middle East part of the kingdom, the spreading kingdom that starts in the America and in Europe and, <laughs> and comes across, right? Yeah. I mean, those kind, that kind of idea. But I don't think that's what it means at all. I think, I think exactly what you're talking about—that it's advancing more these ideals, these, these, these things that Jesus taught, and the, the, starting with the gospel, and starting in, in, in the, the, uh, the, the, the ideals or the, the doctrines that the, the beliefs of the church and what, what we, you know, what we believe. We want to spread those ideas that. That good propaganda, right? That, that you get what I'm saying when I. When, yeah, and I think yeah. Jeremiah hit it right on the nail on the head. Was it, it helps you set your priority? Mm-hmm. So you know, do I give to the church because I want to feel good because I gave, or am I giving to the church because I want to see young children be able to go to a camp and get saved? Sure, sure. youth, youth, uh, you know, surrender to a call to to ministry or or you know to uh, help help uh, you know fund our association where we may be able to start a language ministry or things like that so it just helps you prioritize your life um so that when you do things you you kind of ask you know is what i'm doing is that going to promote you know how is it going to further the gospel how's it going to promote the gospel so right it's a good thing for all of us to ask even as individuals but also as a church you know the the decisions we're going to make how's that going to affect the king yeah and while it's not it's not materially motivated it has material implications right and you just said it i mean like um it's not it's not motivated by monies um we're not it's not about us trying to amass wealth for jesus 
Um, but at the same time, it, it does involve our money. It, right, so using your resources. It, it, it involves his, our resources. Right. Whether it's you know money is one, one option, yes, and then uh, let's say I have the gift of, of uh, service. How am I advancing the kingdom in that? Am I right. serving in my church, but also am I serving my neighbor? Yeah. I guess I guess it's really important, I think, for us to, when we use those terms, to explain what we mean because someone who thinks of, you know, someone who's a, you know, a, let's say a you know, really rabid patriot for America, if we said we were, you know, seeking the kingdom of America or, or seeking America's kingdom, I know we're not a kingdom, but let's say, you know, yeah. you know, spreading the kingdom of America. Well, what does that look like? It looks... Substantially different, I would argue, than what we're talking about. We're talking about spreading the kingdom of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that those are two different ideas. One involves military and armies, and yeah. you yeah. know, and, and those kinds of things, and going in and changing people's culture and all that. But but when we're talking about sinking the kingdom of Christ, it's it's just different. Yeah, like if I if I said uh, uh, we need to advance the monarchy, y'all would be like. right like no we don't (laughs) and it's just i mean that might be what it sounds like to someone who doesn't hasn't heard advance the kingdom before yeah it would sound something like what what that sounds like to us right advancing the monarchy which means promoting the king and the queen and all that stuff but uh, there's definitely military involved with advancing the monarchy, but yeah. Right, and so so I I just you know I, I say that to I'm not saying that any of our any of our listeners get this confused at all but you know our listeners talk to people and so it's okay. it's just a good idea this is something i try to emphasize whenever we do one of these things is it's a really good idea to understand your terms and oh, yeah. and, and and be careful that and don't you just don't assume, assume. Yeah. right you don't yeah. don't especially right. in this day and age man yeah, they, people yeah. just don't you can't assume that people know what you're talking about when you're using theologically packaged terms that have been around for years and years and they just involve a lot of baggage and a lot of a lot of things that, that you may have you you yourself may have never taken yeah, time to unpack. You know, if somebody asks you, you know, what do you mean when you say the kingdom? Would you even know what to say then? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Well, so. and think about it like a kind of like a basketball team. You got to work on the fundamentals in order to be good, and that's kind of what we're doing now. When you uh, like when we talk about like defining these terms, we're working on our fundamentals, making sure our fundamentals for living out our faith. Yes. Are you know, or up to speed. So, so uh, the last one you mentioned, which I, I kind of think folds right into what we just talked about, yeah. what it means to seek the kingdom, is sharing Christ. And that one's pretty self-explanatory. It is something else that we should be doing. If we're going to be remaining in him, then some of the things that we should be doing if we're going to look like him is is sharing the gospel and, and sharing, um, and, you know, sharing what we know about Jesus with other people. Uh, that's what we mean when we say share Christ. It means to... To 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 give uh, to give people the knowledge and the the uh, the same experiences we've had. We want to give that to others so that they too can experience what we've experienced. When we, you know when we talk about Christ, um, and so that that begins on obviously with the truth that's found in God's Word, um, but it also uh, comes about as a as a, a personal decision to then follow Christ or put your placing your faith in Him. As a, as your savior, as the answer to the to the problems we're faced with. So, and by the problem, I mean like our sin problem. So, yeah. uh, let's move on to point two. Point two was um, 
just to follow up with the second half of that verse. And we've kind of talked about this already a little bit mm-hmm. with, with looking at those four points, that the four things we just mentioned, staying in the Word, staying in prayer, seeking the kingdom, sharing Christ. Because to, go, to, to discover Jesus, you have to walk as he walked is, is the way you put it. So, and that's not just the way you put it. That's the way 1 John 2, 6 puts it. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Okay, here again, if you if you're if you're you know imagine we you know you've never been in church before in your entire life and you hear this this phrase you should walk as Jesus walked well okay obviously that doesn't mean it doesn't mean like you know I got, I need to match my gait with his my yeah, physical like a, gait like, like what kind of strut did Jesus yeah, have or something like that Jesus you know? <laughs> strut as Jesus strutted and I don't think it means that um, or you know that kind of thing or match your pace with him so right. what does it mean to walk as he walked I mean what what do we mean when we say that yeah and that's also like like you said one of those like churchy Andy words but I think a just simple version of saying that is like how are you living for Jesus. Um, how are you living for Jesus? Like, what in your life is pointing towards Jesus? What things in your life aren't pointing towards Jesus? And where, uh, what aspects do you need to work on? Things like that is what we would say if I'm asking Jonathan, like, hey, man, how's your walk with Jesus? Basically, what I'm asking is, like, hey, man, how are you living for Jesus right now? What's going mm-hmm. on in your life? Um, how are you letting Jesus uh, handle your problems or, you know, is there any sin you're struggling with? Things like that. Just in a conversation, I love for a brother kind of things like that. So Jeff, why would why would John choose to use this illustration? What is it that like what is it about walk what, this walk? What is he what do you think he means when he says you should walk as Jesus walked? Well, I think he's trying to put action to your faith um, because if you're just abiding in Jesus, then I would be pretty satisfied just showing up at church and hearing a good sermon, going to my life group studying God's Word, mm-hmm. having a prayer time, even giving money to seek His kingdom. But am I going to now go out on Monday and actually live it and share Christ, which mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that trips everybody up, you know, when you're trying to walk like Jesus, or you actually trying to do it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm older than you guys, believe it or not. And uh, <laughs> I remember when... Uh, when he brought this up, I thought about that that book in his steps. I think I, the guy even took it from this passage. Was it maybe. Charles Sheldon? I think yes, I, I, I read. I read that. And it sold fifty million copies. Yeah, it, it launched the WWJD. Right, and so that's what I'm Christ. saying. So when I was a youth minister, they did a reboot of it, and um, they came up with the whole because the question was, "What would Jesus, Jesus do? do?" And so that became then everybody had a WWJD, and my favorite golfer of all time, Payne Stewart who became a believer, his son was in a youth group, and get and he said, Dad, wear this. And it was a, it was a, a navy blue one, which mm-hmm. is the one I had. Mm-hmm. And when he won the Open down here in Pinehurst, he did he thrust his, I know we're using these sports illustrations, <laughs> he thrust his arm out when he made that putt, and he had, you can see WWJD, and there's a statue there, and it, this that bracelet's on there. Of course, mm. then it became kind of a bad thing. Yeah. But it had a lot of meaning uh, to him and to people that saw it because you could connect with it. And so, um, but what Payne Stewart did was he beat Phil Mickelson uh-huh. with a putt. And Phil Mickelson's wife was getting ready to have a baby. And he was almost like, he was at Piner's. He's like, if I get the call, I'm going to withdraw. But he made it to the last day. 
and it came down one to one putt. Mm-hmm. And so when he made the putt, he did his whole thing, but then he ran straight to Phil and grabbed him and said, listen, you're getting ready to become a dad, and that's more important than any of this stuff. Mm. Just always remember that. Mm-hmm. So I think pain in his way was walking as Jesus walked, even in a, a victory and, a, and still had the presence of mind to go comfort a young man just starting out in his career who just right. lost you know a major, right. the one that's been... He's been after his whole life, yeah. But this was before his, you know, golfing career took off. But to put him in focus to say, there's more important things than just this golf tournament. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what, the way we are too when we approach people and we're trying to live like him, is be aware of people's lives and what's going on in their life, and then in those moments of opportunity if, that we can actually be a minister or provide encouragement or lead someone to Christ or help them you know, realize there's more important things than, than what's going on around me right now. I remember when the WWJD craze was kind of going on, and I had just read that book, and uh, one of my, uh, the chaplain at my college actually was the one who said, I don't like that. They said, I don't, I actually don't like the what would Jesus do um, sort of uh, uh, mentality of, 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 of um, uh walking this Christian walk or, or being a Christian because there's so much that we don't know. I mean, some of it becomes mm-hmm. speculation, Jeremiah. Like, what would Jesus do? Well, I have no idea because Jesus was never put in this particular position. So how am I supposed to measure that? Should I mean, so is, is there a danger in that kind of thing, you think? or? Yeah, I think it's a good question to ask. In fact, I'd ask it for myself. Like, if Jesus was in my position, what would he do? That's a good question to ask. But then you, I mean, when you get down into details, like even a question I've asked before, like, would Jesus vote Republican? And Uh. and I'm like, I don't want to, I I, I don't have enough information. Yeah. Like, how would Jesus vote here? Or how would Jesus do this? And so... Maybe a better question is, you know, what did Jesus do? What mm. did Jesus do? Like, just focus on on how he responded to the, the situations he was in yeah, and, yeah. and what he did. But uh, I remember, uh, y'all know Dr. Pace, a friend of mine, mentor of mine. But one time he asked me, he was like, he's like, you know how to show love to, at the time I had a girlfriend, it was Kara, so good. Um, he's like, you know how to show love to your girlfriend, right? And I'm like, yeah, you, you, you want to take her out and you want to buy her gifts and get her flowers and all that stuff. He's like, all right, well, how do you show love to God? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you show you love God? Mm-hmm. And it seems so simple to me now because the scriptures are so clear how to show love to God. But he was like, look, the scriptures say, because uh, cause that's priority number one, right? Je- they asked Jesus, what's the biggest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. So if I'm supposed to be doing that, I should know how to do that. Well, the scriptures say, if you love me, keep my you will keep, keep my commandments. commandments. And so I think that's what it means to walk with Jesus. Like if you're abiding in Jesus, then you listen to his commands. You keep his word. His word mm-hmm. trumps everything else that that you've been taught or everything else that you think. It, it, it's it's keeping his commands. And I'm not trying to say this out of legalism, but if you want to show Jesus love, that's what you do. And as a father, I understand that even better now. And I know that me and Jonathan have talked about this, and he understands it. Um, that's what I want from my kids. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. to ha- How they should show love to me is by listening to me and yeah. following me and 
so, yeah. Yeah, and that's the actual context of yeah, it leads like up, up to this there, passage yeah. that you're going to know you're in him if you're doing these things. If you're saying you're doing it, then yeah. you're going to live it. Yeah, so it is about it cool. is about obedience. Like you said, you don't want to make it you don't want to make it legalistic, right? Because obviously, salvation is not about our works. It's not about anything that we've done. It's all about the grace of God, so that none of us can brag about it. You know, the Bible Bible clearly says that. But at the same time, if you're going to abide in Him. And you want to show him love. I think that is how you show him love. And I, um, you know, I, 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 I've, I've shared that story with you, and I think it's what you're referencing. Yeah. When um, I don't, I don't always have the best dad moments. I mean, they're they're few and far between, actually. <laughs> but there are some times when, as a dad, you go, "Okay, I think I handled that pretty well." You know, I think I did the right thing in this instance. And when my daughter, uh, one of my daughters was really young, um, she had. Uh, uh, she was playing with some paints, and we, we told her, "Don't play with those. You know, don't. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna spill that, or you're gonna get it." Over. And walked away, and come back, and she's doing it. And and I obviously corrected her and told her that she was doing wrong. And I said, "But do you understand what you're doing when 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 I tell you not to do something, and you go around and do it anyway? Then you know what? You're telling me that you don't love me. Mm. And and my do- and it caused her to cry." She goes, no, I love you. I said, but your actions don't show that you love me. Mm. Because if you loved me, you would do, you would listen to what I'm telling you is right. You would trust me, and then you would do what I'm telling you to do. But I do love you. I said, well, that's not what your actions are telling me. Now, I love you, and that's why I tell you to do these things. I love you, and my love for you doesn't change. But I'm not seeing that you love me back. Mm. Oh, I love you. I love you. <laughs> your tears rolling down her face. And I said, well, if you love me, then do what I ask you to do. And mm-hmm. um, and I said, and then, I, you know, I explained that that's, you know, I drew this the same connection to God. This is why, you know, God tells us to do these same things. God says, if you love me, you'll do what I ask you to do. Um, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. I love you always. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're always, you're always my creation. You're always my beloved. But... Um, if you want to show me that you love me, then do what I ask you to do. And yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, um, you know, and, I, I, and that you know that was a teaching moment that I had with my kid, and was able to kind of use that um, use that as a as a, as an illustration of, of how we don't always show God that we love Him. We you know I and I, and I admit that I do the same thing. I said you know I, I I do that with God. That's why Jesus had to come, right? So it leads right into the gospel because we know that we can't. We, we can't do everything that God has asked us to do. It's impossible for us um, because, you know, we're just bent away from it. We're, we're bent towards ourselves. We want to do what we want to do at the end of the day. And so, um, but yeah, for the one who has received forgiveness from him, we certainly should try to, to live as, 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 as he lived. You know, like you said, Blake, you know, are you, are you, living, li- are you living your life for Jesus? Are you... Are you living your life in such a way that it reflects the things that that he desires of you? That he reflects his yeah. will over your will, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's kind of like where I was mentioned to like the game, like follow the leader. Yeah, I wanted to get to yeah. that. So go ahead, go yeah. ahead. And mention so that. like you know, in the game, follow the leader. You have a um, you have like the head of the line, which for us is Christ. Like Christ, you know, he's the leader of his church, 
and um, his follow, you know, Jesus has followers, just how the head of the line in the game follow the leader has followers. The followers do what the head of the line does, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're um, in the game follow the leader, you know, you you stay in if you're following the leader. Pretty mm-hmm. self-explanatory. But if you don't, then you're out in the game. Now, thankfully, like I was saying, you know, we don't believe that you can lose your salvation. Mm-hmm. Praise God for that. Based on Ephesians one, it says we're sealed. But when we don't follow the leader, when we don't follow Christ, that's what we would call sin. And I loved how they explained it at camp. It's a, um, it's like an idea uh, thing or something you say or something that you do that doesn't please God. That's what a sin is. Mm-hmm. And that's where we don't follow the leader. And that has to be addressed. We have to ask ourselves, okay, why am I doing this? Yeah. yeah. All right. There, I was not abiding in Christ. I wanted to be my own God instead of following God. Yeah. And... But his followers have to follow the leader. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I heard, uh, one of my favorite authors, um, his name is Leonard Sweet. And he said one time, he was teaching a class I was in, and um, he said, I I have stopped going. He's 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 a Christian pastor. He says, I've stopped going and participating in leadership conferences. Mm hmm. And he said, and the reason why is because our job is not to be leaders. Our job is to be good followers. Mm-hmm. He good. said, he said it's, it's less about leadership and more about followership. Yeah. How are we doing as being good followers? Because if we're following Jesus properly, other people will follow us. And, and so he says, we're, our job is not to be the leader uh, in the church. Our job is to be a, fo- a good follower. I really like yeah. that. Man, that's yeah, really, and... That's I think it's Paul might might have said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. And um, I remember I did a sermon one time, and I, I, I entitled it, Follow the Follower, instead of Follow the Leader. Yeah. And that was the whole point, that we have a leader, um, and if we're in a position where actually servant, servant leaders is still a follower, and we're supposed to be followers. Yeah. And if we follow, then other people will follow us, but we're... We don't want them to follow us to build disciples to us, but to build disciples to him yeah. in his kingdoms. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's, it's been out for a long, long time, and I think I've used it before in a sermon illustration, maybe here at Rosa Sharon. I can't remember. But there's a really cool example of what uh, what Leonard was talking about, what you're talking about following the follower. It came from a TED Talk, of all things, mm-hmm. where uh, it's this guy who... Um, there's all these people on a hillside, right? And there's this one dude who stands up and he's dancing, right? He's dancing like, and, and yeah, I think just, he told me about. Yeah, this. so he's he's dancing all crazy and stuff. And at first, everybody's kind of looking around like, all right, what's wrong with this guy? He's just because nobody else is dancing. It's just this one dude in the midst of this crowd, and he's dancing all crazy and stuff. And then finally, one guy gets up and starts following him. Now his his. He doesn't quite match all the motions and stuff, but he's up doing the thing that this guy's doing. And when one gets up to start, then two or three more start to feel like, okay, I have courage to come up and do it now too. And as two or three more come up, more people are like, okay, now now this is kind of cool. And so more and more people, and then suddenly everybody is up dancing. And it all started with one guy being a revolutionary. Our job isn't to be that revolutionary. Our job is to be the guy who was the revolutionary, following the guy who was the revolutionary, and that's Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, that's right. Yeah. Started that's right. Dance. Jesus is the one who started the dance, and our job is to get up and dance with him. Mm. And uh, I, I just thought it was a cool illustration. Again, that one comes from Leonard Sweet. So, but when you mentioned follow the leader yesterday, it was the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah, yeah. Is 
we don't need to be leaders. We need to be good followers. So, um, all right. So, listen, I, I think we're really at the end here. This is a shorter one, but that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I know well, next I, one other point. Oh, you, good. You got one you more You made thing. the point about, you know, like when you're hearing this as a kid or a youth, in your mind you think, oh, this will be simple and easy to do. Mm-hmm. But then when you become an adult, he talked about how really it's so hard to do. Things. Yeah, yeah, I did. Because you know, you know our WWJD, me, you, and me, you, and Jeremiah's got a, we got an out. You're right. What would Jonathan do? What would Jeff do? What would Jesus, you know, Jeremiah do? Like, oh, we weren't doing Jesus that time. That was what Jeff would do. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So, I mean, Blake don't have the, you know, an album. He doesn't have a WWBD. No. But it is hard. I, mean, I don't want there to be a WWBD. It's, it's not easy to follow Christ. No. Now, there used to be a time in America, it probably was relatively easy. I mean, you had, the culture was different. Most everybody you knew was a church or church person or a Christian or at least they had some understanding about the gospel and things we talked about today but in today's day and age and world it's very difficult to be a, a true sincere genuine follower of Christ and and still live your life so that you can advance the kingdom and share Christ in a way that is still attractional to people to Jesus yeah and not yeah. something that's going to um, repel them or or, or make them have uh, a um, stereotypical uh, stereotype judgment about you before you even open your mouth. Right. It, you know, that's something you mentioned to me, Jeremiah, not long ago. I think we were having a conversation, and you said, I think that it's it needs to be pointed out that it's much harder now to be a Christian than, than it was, you know. In, uh, you even know, five years ago. Yeah, even five yeah. years ago. Yeah, I... Uh, I think we were talking about what you, you know, genuine Christians. I right. think genuine Christians have always been genuine Christians. It's just harder to be genuine now. Mm-hmm. But it was easier to be fake then, and I actually I think prefer where we're at now because mm-hmm. part I mean part of the frustration, and I told this I think to Tony Stevenson not too long ago. Um, fake Christians for me are some of the most frustrating people to deal with because they they know all the right answers. Like, what do you say to them? They have all the right answers. They they sometimes are really good, disciplined. Like, they read their Bible and they pray. Um, but are they genuinely following Christ? And they're they're just sometimes just frustrating because you can tell they don't live like Christ, but they, they have all the right answers, and it's hard to confront those type of people. Mm. Um, we're wanting, we're, I mean, the whole thing for the kids' ministry is developing devoted disciples. We want people who are genuinely following in Christ, in Christ. Um, Even and if it's hard. not Yeah, it's not easy. It's, okay. it's just not um Part of me embraces the, that it's not easy. Like I, I kind of like a challenge, right? But, but part of me knows that, I mean, like dealing with my kids and stuff, like the world they're going to grow up in is, is, is difficult. It's not easy. Um, and if they want to follow Christ in this world, and I hope they do, it's not going to be an easy journey for them. So, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and, and one might argue that if you're, if you're following Jesus— doesn't make you stand out, right? Doesn't make you, because like, again, he's a revolutionary. So if if your follow if your followership of Jesus um, isn't uncomfortable at some level, you know, if it's not difficult at some level, like you said, Blake, and 
then maybe you're not doing it the right way. Yeah. Maybe you're you're really not. I mean, you look at the examples in Scripture. I mean, a lot of these guys here, especially like in the New Testament, um, they had, I mean, every single one of them, I think, except for John, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like died for their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Peter was martyred. James was martyred. Um, yeah, tradition says that. Yeah, like they didn't live easy lives. Like their lives became harder, really, yeah, when they yeah. followed Jesus. But their their focus wasn't really on the this life, but in the life to come and wanting more people to. So, so this is a bit of a bridge to next week. Um, mm-hmm. But um, a former pastor of mine said one time he was having a discussion with someone, and they said, well, you know, it's really easy to figure out what, what the right thing to do is. And he said, oh, is it? He said, yeah, you just pick the easiest thing. It's, it's always the easiest choice. And if it's, you know, the, the right thing is the easiest thing to do. And my, my uh, former pastor was like, um, I beg to differ. That's <laughs> He's not like, true. <laughs> that's just not the truth at all. It's, it's much harder to do the, the right thing than it is to do. Yeah, you I'm know. glad Jesus didn't uh, have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So 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 I say that's a I say that's a bridge because that's exactly what we're gonna talk about next week is how do we know what is the right thing and what is the wrong thing to do. And um, I'm looking forward to that. This is gonna be a, a discussion on on the topic of discernment. Talked a little bit about that um, last week, but we're gonna get into that even more next week. Yeah, and then we'll do the MMP a week after. Like, yeah, so we won't be able to do Monday main point. I, um, I'm going to be out of town. Jeremiah's going to be out of town um, next week. And so uh, Monday main point will be delayed by a week. So um, I enjoy this one. Go back and listen to some of the previous ones. If you're really wanting to hear more content from us on this, uh, go back and listen to the ones maybe you've missed before. But uh, we'll bring Monday main point back at the start of August and we'll talk about discernment and probably whatever else we talked about on that first Sunday in August as well. So we'll kind of do a combo on that that day. So, all right. Well, that'll wrap it up for today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. And uh, as usual, we invite you to share this with other people. Let them uh, listen as well. Not because we're real knowledgeable or anything, but we're trying to talk about things that we think other people would would ask, questions that that they might ask. And so um, feel free to share this with your friends. Uh, and if there's something that you enjoy about this, if you enjoy it, shoot us a line. Uh, talk, email us. Or if you've got questions about something we say in here, we're not always, you know, sometimes we say things and we realize afterwards, oh, I probably shouldn't have said it that way. Uh, but if you've got questions about something you hear one of us say, uh, shoot us an email. It's R-O-S-B-C-Pastors, S, at gmail.com. All right. So that'll do it for today. Thanks so much. We'll see you on the next one. So long.